0: You know, Johnny's days were the were the best ones for, for us. We always enjoyed working with him more than anyone, I think. You know, the others are great as well. You know, like, we've got such a great ensemble cast of really funny characters. But, yeah, uh, you know, um, he, <laughs> we, after one day's filming, we went out and we all drank until like three or four in the morning, then had to get up and shoot the next day not very professional but it was very funny and we were just all just drinking with johnny and then he woke up the next day and came on set and said i've still got the same underpants on for continuity (laughs) (laughs) ah yes continuity
1: (laughs) hello everyone and welcome back to another installment of the film me in podcast where this week we're going to film you in interview style but not in the way where we're gonna get sony to, to get hacked by north korea in a more like normal interview style what from, from oh, that, oh the, from the interview oh. there you go <laughs> the, the the seth rogan and james franco movie God,
2: that was such a niche reference <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you got it But you got it um i'm I, the
2: only person who get that
1: <laughs> uh i'm your host zander langwis and the host of this uh Th- this show I-, I I won't call it a dumpster fire this week cuz we've got a guest um Just and with in. us as with us as always is my trusty co-host it's Mr David French how are you doing david i'm doing fine mate how are you oh you know um I'm, I'm i'm okay i'm okay at the moment I'm, i am anyway um <laughs> we've got a very special guest for you this week guys uh, we've got um a, an actual movie director I-, I didn't realize we had that much pull but apparently we do over here um I'd like to welcome uh, Mr. Jason Wingard to the podcast. How are you doing, Jason?
0: I'm very good. I had a little, um, a few teething problems trying to get onto Discord. <laughs> <laughs> We're here now together.
1: Yeah, don't worry. Da- David is real good uh, tech support. Like I, honestly, no, I, I would not have been able to do any of this without David. Call me calling David like a like my grandma would, and be like, David, how do you do this,
2: please? <laughs> honestly. That is the most accurate, like, thing I've ever heard Zander say about me helping him with this.
0: Sorry. <laughs> like this whole, so like the start of this me.
2: podcast.
0: Go it's on. Totally new to me, so you kind know, of I was like a dog being shot a card trick. So yeah.
2: Very, very... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was basically Zander as well. Every time he has tech problems, um, like he calls me in, and I just laugh at him hysterically for 10 minutes and then actually help him and it takes him
1: like two minutes to help me as well it's so infuriating yeah. so jason you um you've directed a a feature film uh, called eaten by lions which was a uh, released back in uh, 2018 and uh, we obviously to pre- prepare for this the podcast me and david went away and watched it and uh, we were just both talking before you came on um it's a really really good movie um so we just wanted to congratulate you on the movie and how good it is yeah it's and, fantastic yeah.
0: Well, it's good actually. It's on BBC iPlayer at the moment, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, it's accessible. And it, it's a bit of a strange one because I made this film quite a while ago. It was 2017. And before that, it's actually, this is my second feature. I made one previous to that, which was a completely different kind of film, which was like a guerrilla film that I made in the Calais jungle called In Another Life. I don't know whether you'd heard of that at all, but you no, know, we kind of wow. No. Like, yeah i made i made a, like a a guerrilla feature film which was made for about 70 80,000 and i went and took a crew out to the refugee camps in Calais and um yeah it's kind of a, a a very little known film but it did really well for us on the on the film circuit and we won actually won a biffa british independent film award for that film Oh, wow. Oh, so that's actually kind of like I've made two very different features. And this, this one was like a drama shot in black and white. And I think yeah. was, somebody called it Box Office Poison. Which was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, there you go, that's something to stick on a poster. Definitely. Actually, it was a film that I was very proud of, actually, that one. That's available on Amazon Prime if anybody wants to go and watch that thing. But, you know, it's very, very different. So it's not a comedy you know, yeah. at all. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, it was, it was my first foray into film feature film making.
1: I have absolutely no idea how we missed this. Um, but oh, yeah. I, I will definitely be watching this this week so
2: um yeah me too apologies that i can't hey, believe we missed this
1: we were, <laughs> we were talking about you all week and we we're like okay he's, he's made this okay well so we'll talk about this and then yeah there's another movie there so
0: we're so sorry um <laughs> oh, no, don't worry about that kind of like yeah i'm quite happy to talk about Eaten by lion but, um you know i think it's an interest it's for i don't know whether you've I, I'm, I'm assuming that you might have filmmakers who are going to be watching, and, and and part of the journey for "Eaten by Lions" is that other film, you know, that I went off and made on off my own back, really. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Um, anyway.
1: Yeah. Eaten by we'll, lions.
0: Let's yeah, get back to the comments Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. keep it
1: light. We'll keep it light. Um, yeah. It's uh, we noticed as well. It's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it is, but we've only got twelve
0: reviews on there.
2: That, that's so... an asterisk.
1: That's an asterisk. That doesn't matter. That's that's something you can put on the poster.
2: One hundred percent. No what, that is still insane. There's people that, like that would work their hardest just to take that down to ninety nine percent because
0: they just like to be assholes. Oh, well, they do. I mean, the critics are. You know, actually, one of the hardest things to do when you start making stuff is. Yeah. To get used to people slas- basically slagging you off, <laughs> um, but you know what? You kind of get used to it as well, and then you realise, oh, it's just. It eventually becomes like war off a duck's back, really, with that, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm still 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes is is good, even though it's only 12. Even viewers. though it's only 12, but, you know, there you go. It, it's, it's still, it's still an achievement.
1: It. I feel like yeah, well, if and, still, I feel like if me and 12. I feel like if me and David made a movie right now, it'd get zero. So don't worry. Um, okay. <laughs> one review you know, as well. Yeah.
0: could appear on your own podcast then. So that's... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> From
2: the podcast, the movie, the musical. You
0: know, so it, 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 it's, it's, it means something, I guess. You know what I mean? That people have, have liked it. And uh, <laughs> we've got some good reviews on there. We've got a good one in The Guardian, which was the... you know, that's uh, been framed, I think, somewhere. Oh, brilliant. Oh, we, yeah. So we, we've got a four star in The Guardian, so that was good.
2: Hey, that's, that's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Um, so before we get on to like, uh, talking about the, the film as a whole, uh, we've, mm-hmm. got, we've got some just general questions that we thought um, it might be fun to just uh, discuss and go through. Uh, so yeah, these okay. are just general questions about movies. So the, yeah, the first well, one is, um, what's your go-to cinema snack?
0: Um... Well, corn, I suppose, but you know what? I've always preferred to have a hot dog. <laughs> really? Yeah, I have. I must admit, I'm going like, If I if I had a go to, that would definitely be it. I think.
1: And David thought this question would be boring. God, <laughs> that's not an interesting question <laughs> to ask every single person. Though. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a I'm a, I'm a popcorn man. But I like putting minstrels in the popcorn and then shaking it about. So then halfway down the popcorn, I get like a minstrel. And it's, well, it's sort of melted in the middle.
0: Uh, but you, you've got a limited selection in there, haven't you? When you go in, you know that you're going to get overpriced stuff. When yeah. i started taking my kids to the cinema. I always just used to bring my own stuff and I'd come in unashamedly with a bag full of sweets and stuff for the <laughs> children. Just going to the well, pound shop right, oh, and... And A friend of mine did it, who was a, a reporter. He did a story a while ago on the pick and mix when Manchester This is going back a while because Jap Stan was playing for Man United, and apparently he spent <laughs> three, 300 quid in the pick and mix when he went to the cinema and it, it made it into oh my uh, god, back page mood. Yes, Japs Scram it was the headline. Trivia.
1: Um. Staying on the topic of the cinema, um, yeah. what was the first movie you can remember going to see in the cinema? Um,
0: in the cinema, uh, I remember there's a couple of like traumatic experiences I <laughs> coming out as a child uh, screaming at Snow White, I think I saw <laughs> that, and King Kong, I was devastated when the monkey died, so kind of like. Oh. Uh, but this oh, was the my... this was the 1977 version or 74 version or whatever it is. Um, but the, one of the first films I can remember sitting through was Oxy Malone, I think. Wow. wow. Okay. So that's one of the films. I was just thinking about that film today. You know, I've got a distinct memory of going to that film and I must have enjoyed it and watched and watched it all and seen it there. Maybe Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as well. Uh, oh. Which is not. It's Willy Wonka's chocolate.
1: Willy Wonka, factor. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So maybe that is my first one of those. Those two. That's a good um, But That's yeah, good uh, but I do remember being taken out crying because the the King Kong died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You still
2: cry whenever you watch it to this day, just I'm like from the ptsd
0: Yeah, you know what, I've got a lot of uh, empathy for monkeys on screen, so yeah, so anything anything Simeon-like, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, I've got a lot of uh, feeling for, so yeah, definitely.
2: But Planet of the Apes Uh, must have really hurt you then.
0: Planet of the Apes are great, yeah, actually, really, we did, uh, I do like Planet of the Apes, I kind of like, I must admit, I did, I liked all the 70s ones as well where oh, uh, charlton heston's thing you know yeah i was speaking to somebody recently and i was going oh you know it's a metaphor for racism isn't it and they were like what <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't believe that they didn't see it like, um yes <laughs> anyway um, uh, i thought the clever clever film planet of the apes yeah that, i think uh, that sometimes the, this yeah we know i know that we're going to talk later on about Born of the dead but you kind of like i think that's a clever film as well in its own way um yeah definitely uh, about consumerism but you know
1: yeah I, I i noticed that when when watching we'll, we'll get to it we'll get to it um yeah. <laughs> what what was the last movie you saw in the cinema At like the most recent um, oh god
0: um no i can't even remember really can't even remember what did i go and see it mustn't have been very good it... <laughs> you know what kind of I I, I I can't say this out loud because I, I, i'm getting to that age now where i can fall asleep particularly if i have a drink before <laughs> anything so a couple of films that i've gone to see and i've fallen asleep in so um yeah and yeah and i'm are was one British art house. This was meant to be a wonderful film, and I fell asleep. I didn't. I couldn't come on. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm not going to say what it was, but yeah, that's yeah. a that's a that's a good, that's a good just, idea. Just in case I, I meet the, the director and I'm going, oh yeah, great, I love your film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on I'm on a podcast saying I fell asleep during his movie. <laughs> anyway, um, let's
2: hope he doesn't yeah. come on this podcast
0: yeah uh, yeah maybe you know with this so anyway it was it, it wasn't the best and i'd had a drink and, uh, Fair enough. yeah oh you know what i did see sorry i've got it summer of soul i went to see that was great oh
1: i've seen the ad, ad, advertisements for this yeah that looks it's just the um like it's it's uh just a concert, they call it that
0: as a concert and I think it's in Har, it's in New York as in Harlem it's in New York and um it was almost billed as, like the black version of Woodstock yeah so uh but it was great so you've got Stevie Wonder and uh loads of other black performers playing and it's fantastic to watch but you know almost I found myself watching as much of the the, the musical performances which are, are amazing in it um started watching the crowds and I was watching old people and you start looking at these young people in this crowd and you're wondering where's that person there what happened to them <laughs> so you know it was a fascinating view
1: cool that's a, yeah I, I i remember seeing the trailer recently that it did look really good
0: yeah, um, it, was, it was cool young stevie wonder amazing young stevie wonder oh
1: um do you have any comfort movies that, like, you go you go back to if you're like needing just something to sort of make you feel comfortable? Any I've any got a lot, like yeah.
0: I've got a lot of films that I will watch repeatedly, and that kind of like you know. Um, but there's certain, I suppose. I, 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 I kind of, I really do like gangster movies, and kind of, like I do. I, I like Goodfellas a lot. I watch Goodfellas quite. Yeah, well. you're talking David's I language
1: think, now. <laughs> yeah you know so Goodfellas
0: is a is one that i return to regularly oh. and you know i like i like the, the you know i know that people kind of like talk about voiceover not you know people not using voiceover you shouldn't use voiceover but you know when it's done well and i think it's really done well in, in goodfellas
2: yeah narration done well is perfect i think goodfellas like nails it because it it does help the story move along and it is required and they also adds a lot of personality to it like with like you can tell who's talking you can tell it's still the character and they're still you know being themselves while talking about it
0: i think the important thing with voiceover is that you feel that you're letting being let inside on some information that you couldn't find out some other way so i think that's that's what works with goodfellas See, for,
2: personally, for me, when it comes to gangster films, I'm more like Scarface over Goodfellas. Although I do love Goodfellas, um, I have a giant like Scarface poster just yeah, chilling the, on my wall. kind of like
0: they're classically a, a two act structure, which is a rise and a fall. And yeah. Scarface, the rise is really exciting, but the fall is not <laughs> that, That's great. I feel when by the time he reaches the top, I'm like. I don't really care now. Um, yeah. But but, uh, uh, but but I like the rise. Yeah. Uh, but um. But you know the rise and the fall and in, in Goodfellas for my is a little bit more measured throughout. That would be my opinion on film. Yeah. But um. And also I really like Scorsese. I must admit. <laughs> I'm slightly leaning there.
1: <laughs> um. I think to be f- for for gangster movies I'm a I'm not I'm not big into them, but the ones I have seen, um, I really like Casino. I think Casino. Yeah, Casino's
0: is an interesting one because it's a bit disjointed. For I mean, I, I like Casino. Casino's got interesting elements. They do an interesting thing there where they do have multiple voiceovers. I know they, they do this in Goodfellas as well. There's only two. I think there's three or four in 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 Casino if I remember rightly. I don't think they could figure out whose story they wanted to tell. Yeah. And also, yeah. You have less sympathy. You have sympathy for a young boy who gets involved in get in that kind of world you, a lot more than you do an adult who gets involved in that, that kind of world. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So as for... a child, he's getting in, and you kind of going, "Okay, you understand why and the the lure of this and." And actually, the, the, it's an interesting thing, because you you know—you talk about story arcs and Circle. What has he learned by the end of it? <laughs> He's just learned that he loved his, his gangster life more than being a, an average person. You know, that know that's an, an interesting conclusion. So It's like an anti-arc, really. And what's it called? I know that in Scarface, he hasn't really learned anything. It just leads to his own demise, doesn't it? It's yeah. like a, a film of excess and greed. Um, but you know, interesting. They're always interesting. I think they're kind of like because thanks to films you get to live this life vicariously that you'd you'd like to lead yourself, but you haven't yeah. got the balls to do it. <laughs> I was yeah. just about to but, say you know,
2: literally you just half, haven't got can, it. Yeah,
0: for an hour and a half you can just go and live there, you know, see live that life and it's fun. Um, but you do it with none of the risks, and you know. And the, the thing is that it's interesting when you do meet those kind of people, you just realize, oh, God, you wouldn't want to spend an hour with them because they're absolute psychopaths.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, I have um, a, a small history of with Casino. Um, the reason that Xander even watches is because I recommended it to him on a Two Truths and a Lie episode that we did at one point. Right. And um, it's because I like when I was a kid, we had no uh, Wi-Fi in my house. I was like seven or eight years old. And um, I was off sick from school for a week. And so I was going through all my DVDs and I saw one called Casino. So I put it on. (laughs) Bear in mind, at seven or eight years old, watching this, like, extremely (laughs) intense, like, this quite intense gangster film for a seven or eight year old to watch. But I'd already seen Goodfellas that week. So I was like, I'm going to watch more gangster (laughs) films. I'd I'd already (laughs) seen
0: Goodfellas. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, I'm going to watch more
2: gangster films
0: and then the serbian film the foreign yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah very...
1: and that's the origin yeah. story of david
2: yeah um... <laughs> I, I ended up watching that like i think every single day that week and it became a comfort film after that
0: right
2: <laughs> a three-hour gangster film at
0: eight years old yeah well that was good education i think every eight-year-old should get that. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Only with parents' permission. Only with parents' permission.
1: Um, (laughs) um, Okay. Is there an actor that you would dream of working with?
0: Um, You know what? It's kind of like, there's lots of really brilliant actors and actresses out there that you go, you know, um, any of any of the good ones, just as long as they're not dicks, I don't mind. You know? <laughs> so, and the the vast majority of people who are right at the top of their game just tend to be all right because they've got less to prove.
1: Yeah, um, it's
0: always those middle people that just tend to be arseholes, to be honest. So it's, it's anyone good, you know, and actually sometimes. You can see when when you work with somebody that's really good, there's so little that you have to do because they're just just so good on screen. You know, what I mean, it's yeah. incredible. But so the better the performer, you know. But there's so many different people that I'd like to work with.
2: Um, yeah. the, um, there's a there's a small thing on our podcast. We have like a um, a running joke slash requirement for our podcast at some point, and it's <laughs> called Foul me in. It's just we really want to get Colin Farrell and fill me in. So if you ever somehow work with Colin Farrell,
0: <laughs> please give us his number well, <laughs> so we can get him on the podcast. Yeah, well he'd be good to get on. I mean, actually, I did have a very tentative link there, but you know it's like very t- it's tentative. So I had a project that somebody said, oh he got, he'd be interested in that. So anyway, um, it, I've never I never wrote it, and it, it, so it's it's still there. So maybe in the future. We'll get Colin Farrell in. I had an idea, you see, where where a celebrity gets killed in the first ten minutes of a film. Uh, so the big star is killed off ten minutes in. Uh, I, I really <laughs> and, uh, like that.
1: I, I honestly. Yeah. I've been, like, since since I was, like, in school, I've had always had this thought of, like, what if, like, you made a, a movie and then the, you had, like, Tom Hanks in it or something, and then in the trailer, the trailer was all about Tom Hanks and this story, and that entire story from the trailer happens in the first ten minutes, and then it's just a very different film for the next hour and a half. That's yeah, well, I've got, a very, it, it,
0: it, it, I've got a very good reason. I'm not going to tell it to what it is. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a good idea, but, you know, it's... It, it, uh, but, um... And there's a reason why the celebrity gets killed, you know, because it's not really about him and them. But, you know, I, I think that you did pitch this in Berlin and, and somebody said, Why has this never been done before? So it must be a decent idea. So, yeah, they definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think you've got to have a good reason, you know, and actually, if you go and you go to the sales agents and you have to tell them why you've killed somebody up. You need to have the answer to that, by the way. <laughs> it just wouldn't work as a gimmick. <laughs> Anyone who funds your movie is not going to like having their star killed in the first ten minutes.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a that's yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> that's a reality. <laughs>
1: um. On on a similar note, well, I, I guess it, is it similar? I don't know. What or who inspires you to make movies?
0: You know what? I kind of like in the old days. It was kind of other films. I used to watch films, and I'd go, "Oh, you know, I want to make films because I've seen this film, I've seen that film, and I've admired this director and that director." Now it's kind of other filmmakers. You know, I've I've been watching what other people have been doing. So in the UK, uh, someone like Rob Savage is inspiring because he's gone off and made the film that was have you seen host have you seen that
1: um yes so I, I have it's phenomenal i love this movie. so
0: so you know and i i've met rob and i know you know he's just a guy who's um you know he's been put knocking at the door to and he's now he's got all these film deals as a you know but and i think that that that's inspiring i think that that's what people should be doing but i know how difficult it is to make any film so anybody who gets out and gets a release or a cinema release. Chris Green's just had a cinema release, hasn't he, with Peppa and the Boy? So anybody that is is, is out there doing it I've, has got my admiration.
1: Fantastic. That's a, a good answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that is... Oh, hang on. Last one. Last one of these. Um, what's the worst film you've ever seen?
0: Um. Well... It's a difficult one uh, because you know there's (laughs) there's so many to choose from. (laughs) No, there there are lots of you know. But you kind of go at the same time. You know, you people are really quite generous about films, particularly on an amateur level. Yeah, you go to a film night and you watch something because it's already been done. Nobody stands up and boos and laughs. They wait until they're far away and then they go, "Oh God, that was shit, wasn't it?" You know. But then they kind of like. but they won't say it in the room because the people who obeyed it and they've done the thing, and I think that's quite right. Because Yeah. But also, there's a different thing with filmmaking because the film's done. There's nothing you can do about it other than watch it and learn from your mistakes or not learn from your mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as the professional level goes, there's some goddamn awful Hollywood films <laughs> that have been released, which are kind of like, you know, uh, and lots of reasons why they're they're bad, but you know, to, to get it, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because how do you get good at something unless you get the chance to do it again and again and again? You know what I mean? And also, we don't really have an industry like that. I'm going. I'm kind of being kind in a way. But yeah. There was one film, one film that stands out. That for some reason, why did I even go and see this film? I ended up going and seeing. Um, the like, a 90s version of uh, of the Flintstones. Oh, that, yeah. With uh, John was, Goodman.
2: Thank, thank uh, God was, we don't have Joe on this podcast.
0: <laughs> absolutely. I was like, I just, it just seemed to misfire on every <laughs> single level. It was absolutely horrendous. Uh, you know, I was like, this just is really awful. I'm not even <laughs> talking. I, I, I walked. I walked out. I've not, not walked out in a wow. film uh, very often, but I, I walked out and that. I was like, "I don't think there's anything more I need to see on this film." It was absolutely <laughs> atrocious. <laughs> oh so, yeah, but yeah. I, you know that's one that I'd be curious now to go and watch that again. But I'm, it felt pretty unwatchable. We,
1: we've we've got a friend of the show, uh, Joe. He um he actually is weirdly obsessed with uh th- that movie. with that movie uh, the flintstones and then there's a sequel called Viva Rock Vegas right okay he's a yeah, he's very bet. obsessed with them so um we'll, uh, we'll yeah, be sure but, uh, we'll be sure to let him let him know that um that it, it's just, a just, it's bad movie
0: it's bad I, 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 well that like, you know it is a bad movie i was just kind of going i just didn't understand what they were trying to do they tried <laughs> to recreate the cartoon in a weird way i think and it just Looked like a load of people that out for a payday. Uh, yeah. To me, I don't know. I just thought none of them seemed to care about this, and it just uh, and the the kids weren't acute. The kids were just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway. I, you know, I didn't see much of it.
1: Anyway. Um, th- there you go. That that's the that's like the all all of the opening questions we had. We were going to ask you what what you what like your favourite film is. Um. But we figured it'd be more fun talking about a, like a bad movie because we we love talking about bad movies around here. Um, yeah, but you
0: know, because I've got, it's a bit of a strange one. This because one of my favourite films is, I suppose, technically a bad movie, but it's not. It's still a, it's a, a work of art. It's genius as well, you know. So and that's the film that you know I was talk, I talked about earlier, Dawn of the Dead, nineteen seventy eight, is a brilliant film. It's a masterpiece, but also. It's so badly acted in Sparks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so, really yeah. badly acted. It's just really badly acted. And also, I mean, there's a great scene with the, them on the roof and they do, he's trying to do that. Uh, it's like a it's really hammy uh, SWAT team thing. And it, it, the shots don't seem to relate to one another. <laughs> the sequence where they go into this building, it's meant to be like a... They didn't obviously didn't have the budget to do what they needed to do, and anything that's lit at night is just pitch black. And then yeah. you know, like the spotlight on someone, is really <laughs> badly lit. I mean, the like lights, the lighting's atrocious. And then uh, you know, so they're on the roof, and it just is really early in the in the film, and you're not really sure what's going on at the start of it. I don't mind that because you can figure it out. They, you know, um, they've got this guy and he's talking and he's going. He's talking about going into this tenement building and shooting everybody up, and he's just the worst actor ever. Is he? Uh, are
1: you talking about the guy who says the word "bastard" about seven times?
0: Yeah, you
2: gotta go and kill
0: all these <laughs> bastards. <laughs>
2: oh God!
0: Yeah, he's horrendous. He's a horrendous actor. But there's another yeah. guy. So many people. They're kind of like. There's one bloke who, um, you know, I don't. put the. I think there's lots of non-actors in it because when you're doing something on that scale, you would just be pulling all your friends in. And this is the beauty of that film as well, is that, you know, having done films in a guerrilla way, that's the ultimate guerrilla film. I mean, who wouldn't want to make a, a bloody zombie film with a load of their mates and then get it released in the cinema? Yeah. So it's a fantastic film as well. Then the wider, th- you know, so I, I just think it's it, it, it's... It's an interesting, interesting thing. But very much, very 70s, very much of it's here. Um, but yeah, it's brilliant and bad at the same time. <laughs> we'll
1: we'll, we'll uh, talk more about that, that movie in a little bit. But first, yep. um, we, we've got to talk about uh, Eaten by Lions. Um, okay. So I think we, we've talked a lot about the going to the cinema already. But... Um, a question we had was, um, you know, with so many movies going straight to Netflix and streaming these days, how important was it to uh, get the theatrical release for
0: this movie? Um, well, it's vitally important. I mean, I think that kind of uh, when you start making films, you um, you don't really realize what, you know, the, the kind of like the business side of it. So the business side of it is important. Um, uh, making a film is a tiny part of the battle. Um so getting your film seen is the the biggest part because you know and it's it relies on a lot of things. So actually the, the wrong way to make a film is to make your film and then look for distribution and deals after that. You should be looking about for it when you're at the script stage and getting sales agents involved and various other things. And uh we were so inexperienced we never knew any of that really. I made not one film the wrong way i made two um (laughs) so you know and but now you know i've learned and the next film i'm working on um has sales agents attacks and protagonists are involved and various people so it's a complete you know we've learned our lesson if we've eaten by lions it was vital that we got it into the cinemas um Due, to raise its profile and give it a chance of selling it. And that's why we got the deal with the BBC and it's being set, seen on other platforms, on Sky and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, exposure for your film is really, really difficult. There's thousands of films made that don't even get to, you know, they never get seen. Yeah. Um, and you'll you'll see them. They'll be kind of like flooding... Other areas. I mean, so for example, in Another Life, the film that we we made, you know, kind of won awards and was. And if you but if you didn't see it at festivals, you will never see that film, and you know it'll be difficult for anybody to try and. You know, you'd have to dig that film out and go and find it. Really, and you can do it on Amazon Prime. <laughs> but you know, you find that people are kind of will end up self-releasing lots of films, and there'll be films that people have spent lots of money on there's a film a couple of films that i know of that have much much bigger budgets than ours and they've had to self-release and and you know have got no chance of making their money back but on top of that the, uh, no one's going to see the films that, that got made and these are high profile films with big, big names in them
3: so yeah it's, diff-
0: it's difficult you know to 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 um get your film out there really and this is a much more of a producer's job than a director but i think the directors these days need to have an eye on how they're going to get their films seen
1: definitely definitely like um i think the most uh the most infamous story that i've heard of it when talking about films that like just don't get released is the uh is the movie animal crackers right, right okay. that went um it went straight to netflix earlier uh, i think it was last year but, um that was stuck in development hell for about three years. The movie was done, and everything was mm. sorted with it, but they were just stuck in, like, going between producers, and so it just never got it's... released.
0: Then, you know, even better, that they, they got it onto Netflix, but, you know, yeah. the alternative yeah. is that there'll be lots of films that you've never heard of that people just can't release. They can't get them out anywhere. Yeah. So the They're only just... thing for them is for the, to them to stick them on iTunes, or even worse, stick them on the internet for free yeah so, yeah but you know and so it's something that filmmakers need to 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 have an eye on really but you know the support is there for new filmmakers i, I guess and once you, you know first time film directors they if they get involved and they're making films via the proper channels so they, they'll 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 be able to get some support for this if you're making your film like i did on, on uh, with my own crew and team and raising the capital myself then you know uh <laughs> good luck with trying to get it on after it's been made <laughs> you need to get that buy in early doors basically that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. definitely.
3: Hmm?
1: Um how how challenging was it to get the movie made? Like just the, the entire production. Was it was it a challenging one or was it like it was, comparatively other productions no.
0: is it kind of easy? There's probably a six, a five or six year process because. Wow. Um, we won. Sorry, uh, Virgin Media Shorts, and I made a short film with the thirty gram that I won from from that. So I won, made a short film which was two minutes and twenty seconds, and that went into cinemas and played before films. That was part of the prize for Virgin Media Shorts, and that was in two thousand and eleven. Then they asked me, did I have something that, we you know, they wanted to develop into a feature film? And became, I'd, I'd gone into iFeatures in 2012 with a, a film called Going to Mecca, which is essentially what became Eaten by Lions. Yeah, That's 2012. In 2014, we made a short film version of it, and it was meant to be a precursor to a feature film when... Creative England came in. They saw it and they didn't see it go be being developed into a feature film. So they uh, supported us as, with eye features, but they didn't see it being developed into a feature film. Which so I thought that was the end of the matter. And then somebody else came in and said, "Well, we'll get raised between five hundred thousand and a million, and we'll go and make the film." And then there was some more shenanigans that went in and some. <laughs> Uh, then another a bunch of investors came in and they they funded the film. But this is a five year period, and before that, you know, it was kind of like up and down as to whether that film would ever get made in the first place. So, uh, wow. and I think behind every film, the feature film that you make, there's always a story like that. No, they're not straightforward to to make. And when you're talking about, you know, raising upwards of. Three hundred, four hundred thousand. Um, it gets really tricky, actually. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting to watch and, and to learn. Um, during that whole process, but I, I actually went and made the other film and used the development money I got from Eaten by Lions because I didn't know whether Eaten by Lions was ever going to get made. You see, and I considered myself to be a filmmaker, so I thought, okay, I'll go out and make something. <laughs> Uh, rather than sit around and on my whatever it was, uh, twenty grand I got. And so with that twenty grand, I went and started making another film. Wow! Yeah, one um, way to get an investor involved. You go uh, if I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. Then. yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, that's
2: um, that's how like. Well, at least it's similar kind of thing. That's how like a lot of um, of the most iconic horror films have been made. Like, just get investors interested by showing them something that's either similar or just something you have done in general. Yeah, um, I, think,
0: I think so. I think they're kind of like well, horror films in particular. I think this is why it's a, a genre that. Tracks new filmmakers because you don't really need any stars for a horror film. You can make a horror film with absolutely nobody known in it at all. Yeah, you could make it on if it's a long, if it's a really good idea, you can, you know, you can make it on practically next to nothing, you know. And you've so, so, uh, it lends itself to low budget filmmaking, really,
1: definitely. Definitely, like a big inspiration for. Uh, me and David is um, Sam Raimi who made the Evil Dead films, yeah, and I mean, we and like there's so many stories about him and Bruce Campbell going to like knocking down producers' doors and giving giving them like the 10 minutes of footage that they had from the movie, um, and to just try and get anything. And they knock on like neighbors' doors. They go to like the expensive uh, like neighborhoods and stuff like that. it's yeah, just, like so, that, yeah. that kind That's of like, just low budget, <laughs> just. We'll take
0: anything. Yeah, but I think his his budget for that was still like two hundred and thirty thousand or something like dollar yeah. at the time. So that probably with inflation, they're probably putting it at six hundred, seven hundred thousand. Yeah. Know, now, so of, as to what you would have to raise, maybe it's a million. You know what I mean? So kind of like that, you would still have to raise. Um. So. Brilliant that they went and made that film, but they were they obviously had skills, don't they, to, to go and do it and yeah, uh, definitely they prove it. So yeah, good, good, good on them. <laughs> uh, but you know, what did they do? Go, go. They found a location, cabin in the woods. Off you go. Yeah. yeah it's just know. that easy. Just that easy. <laughs> well, in some ways it is, you know, but in other ways it is if you're Sam Raimi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not, what's that brilliant documentary about those two guys trying to make that vampire film? Have you ever seen that?
1: No, no, well, I do not know what it's
0: called. It's one of the the best documentaries about filmmaking, but it's these two guys um trying to become the new Sam Raimi, and they're just kind of like absolutely got no hope and help. Then again, yeah, um, he. What's the first film that Peter Jackson made? It's called Brain Dead, not Brain Dead.
1: Bad oh, taste. De- uh, bad taste. Bad oh, taste is so much the, fun.
0: Yeah, and watch that. I mean, he made that over a period of four or five years. The The amount of uh, of, of love that he put into that film, he, he for one scene, he wanted to blow up a house. And so he made three replicas of a, this house. He made a in a, 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 a model form so he could blow, blow one up for one shot. And he, you know, he just using his friends as, again. Um, yeah, and that film I think went eventually went and played in Cannes, and that's how Peter Jackson was found. And then there's somewhere there is a documentary about the the making of that, and that I recommend that as well.
1: I mean, I I remember that I watched a video on on the whole making of it, and the um, what one of the actors in it was one of his mates, and he he had to like stop making the movie with them because his wife didn't want him to be doing it. And so then yeah. it took them that long to make the movie that by the time it, they were coming towards the end of production, that guy had had a divorce. And so then was like, you know what, I'll come back into the movie. And so the character just reappears towards right. the end of the movie, which okay. is, so
0: there you, go.
1: F- you like, know, I, th- I yeah. think
0: there's a, a similar thing <laughs> there that we've been talking about, which is, you know, people going off and making films with their friends, you know? Yeah. And if the if somebody or if a team of you, if you if you know, I've got um, I've got some skill filmmaker skills, then you, you've got a chance of succeeding. Shane Meadows and is um, his best mate. Who's 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 always in the film? He went to college with him. A Hollywood actor.
3: Um
0: the same. Um. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Oh, What's is it um, Stephen Graham? No, 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 not Stephen no. Gray in there. I don't know why his name's up on the Google then. That's <laughs> dead <weird>. Man, dead, <laughs> dead Man's Shoes. Who's in that? Oh no. Uh, let's have a look. Da-da-da-da. Paddy con Yeah. Yep. Paddy Considine. Yep. Yeah, so they went to college together in Derby. Oh wow. Well you know, <clears throat> the thing is you might find one genius or you might find two. <laughs> David, do you reckon we're those geniuses? Only fucking not. <laughs> well, my my lad is sixteen. He's just started his film course, and I was trying to explain to him how I made friends with people in the early days of making stuff. I made friends if they had a set of lights. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be fair, that's that's similar to what I did in, um, in my first year of college, um, not first year of college, first year of uni. I uh, made friends with somebody who, like, knew audio quite well, because I was... I am god-awful at audio, so I was like, I'll just make friends with somebody, even if I'm not a massive fan of them, and <laughs> I'll just get them to do my audio. Luckily for me, I was a fan of them, okay, yeah, but yeah, I would have well, still kept yeah, that friendship. <laughs>
0: it always helps if there is something else there, you know, but, so, yeah, but so, yeah, I'm still mates with the same guy who's, who had the likes. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you, me and you are going to get along fine, you know, but also that's what it's about. It's finding like-minded people who are willing to give up their time and not everybody else, and uh, not everybody is. So, you know, um, oh, you, you soon find that out by going and making stuff. Um,
1: Did did you have any trouble while you were filming, like, around around Blackpool? Like, me and David were uh, talking about this earlier, like, having people come up to you and be like, oh, are you filming something, or was it... Kind of smooth in
0: that sense. Yeah, we kind of like um, we it's pretty it was pretty smooth when we were out because we've got security with us and various other things. We had one or two things because we're out filming in the middle of Blackpool. Yeah, bizarre. Yeah, kind of like when we're shooting on the piers and stuff, people just walk by as if they weren't. You know, there was nothing.
2: That's actually really surprising, honestly, because like the pier is what I thought of most when when I was watching. I was like. They must have had a million people coming up to them, just like, Oh, you're filming something.
0: We oh, kind of like, we don't mind talking, and also, if we've got Johnny Vegas with us or on one of the other comedians, but, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he good can point. Talk to them. He was quite funny. He was, he was uh, convinced everybody that he was a genuine hotelier. So, can kind of, he just, bought, <laughs> he just bought a bed and breakfast in Blackpool because comedy wasn't going so well. But he's he, he's been very, very funny man
1: i was i was gonna say what, what what was it like working with uh johnny because he, he always he, seems to come across as just genuinely a funny guy
0: he is he's a, a genuinely funny and uh, warm character he's, he's he's uh brilliant he's a british hero he, he's, a, <laughs> he, he's, he's great to work with there's no one no one better
1: um what was the uh what was speaking of uh Johnny Vegas and funny, what what was the funniest day on set to have?
0: Uh we had a lot of fun days in there. They're kind of like shooting the scenes with the family were all fun, you know, we've got a big lots of, lots of extras there and lots of non-actors as well in those scenes. They kind of like their granddad shouting out, I liked all that stuff. And um <laughs> and um you know Johnny's days were the were the best ones for for us. We always enjoyed working with him more than anyone. I think you know well, the others are great as well. you know, like we've got such a great ensemble cast of really funny characters, but yeah uh, you know um, he <laughs> we after one day's filming, we went out and we all drank until like three or four in the morning, then had to get up and shoot the next day. Not very professional, but it was very funny. And we were just all just <laughs> drinking with Johnny and then he woke up the next day and <laughs> came on set and said, I've still got the same underpants on for continuity.
2: <laughs> 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 ah yes,
0: continuity.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <Very> funny. Definitely. <laughs>
1: fantastic, fantastic. Should have
0: done it in the voice. Yeah. <laughs> did, did
1: did did he? Did you get him to say monkey at any point?
0: <laughs> he, you know, he talks about that. He kind of like he does, he's he's not a, a he's not a massive fan of the the monkey thing. I'm sure it just because that's the one thing that he does get people coming up to him regularly. Yeah. yeah. I knew that. i just got to steer clear of that one. Yeah. Fair, <laughs> fair enough.
1: Fair enough. Um, what was the hardest day on set?
0: um there's always something where you know you kind of like you you never really have enough time to shoot everything a film was shot in 23 days because of the budgets and you this is what you'll you know once you you go up you realize that you you've written a script and then someone will say "We've well, got to be 90 pages or you know and you're going why why does it have to be 90 pages And when you get into the budgetary side of it, how long you can actually film, you know, you realise that you know time is money and money is time. So the average page count on a a feature film is that you shoot four pages a day, maybe five pages a day. And if you're going to shoot five pages a day, and you kind of do the maths on that, you see what I mean. And this is how a film is broken down. Uh, Anything more than five pages, and you start to go into excessive stuff. Now down terrace which um and weekly made i think he did uh, he shot it over a week and he had a stopwatch and he did his own first ad stuff i believe and he shot more i think he was shooting like, like nine pages a day of his script um wow. you know it's 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 uh let's see to do all of all of that stuff so you've got to kind of um have uh, an eye on the budgets and all that scanner kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's lots of days where we were running out of time. The day that we shot on the beach, and we were driving the Rolls Royce down the beach, uh, <laughs> we had to shoot at the golden hour, so you've got a, roughly between 8 and 9 o'clock, and 9.30 was uh, sunset. We wanted to shoot it then, but the actress, the lead actress wasn't ready, and we didn't get her until 10 to 9, we only had 10 minutes to shoot the scene, 15 minutes to shoot the scene. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yes, somebody on the production uh, wasn't doing their job properly, I don't think, on that thing. They all doing their job too well and not allowing <laughs> us an actress on to on screen for until 10 minutes. But we were all at the location waiting for somebody to come across. Uh, it was very frustrating little time but wow. uh, the solution was me to stick a fur coat on and do the driving scenes myself i was and i so was thinking I, that
1: yeah i was thinking as as you were saying that i was like were there any close ups in the car in that scene or is it all just yeah.
3: exterior
1: <laughs>
0: if you look very closely you'll see that it's me driving the car in a, <laughs> in a, a leopard print coat um so um yeah it, it, you don't notice it in the than the wides, so there is one shot that I can see myself in without a doubt. Uh, there you go, there you go, there's commitment for you. Yes, Karen, so Take over for your female lead.
1: That character, by the way, w- m- was hysterical. That, yeah, that, that, that one of my favorite
0: characters by far because she was hey, just
1: you did this, you? so you know, you... bizarre. <laughs>
0: you don't really see many kind of like you know asian vixen types so i thought that'd be quite fun have this one girl who's pretending to be a mute who just is a bit of a sexual predator um so it's very
1: it's, it's a very diverse cast um how important was that to you when you were making it making the
0: movie there was a couple of things that we wanted to do the one of them was to kind of like we deal with disability without even mentioning disability yeah we don't really we don't really talk about it because you can see it um and we just wanted to deal with it the way that you do if you've got a mate with a disability you don't go on about it all the time you just kind of get on with it don't you
2: yeah yeah i found that i did find that really interesting like the difference between um, the way that omar um like reacted with him and just helping him out but didn't really mention it but then hey, no. the auntie and uncle or i'm pretty sure they're auntie and uncle yeah. yeah um the way that they were pandering to him and just like specifically yeah. over mentioning it
0: they're ukip britain aren't they so they're kind of like <laughs> yeah true so uh, what they were meant to be representing at the time so it's like uh, they they're just you know um but that's what we were poking fun at. You know what I mean? With this uh, yeah. kind of like a, um overcompensation. But also the kind of thing with all of the race stuff is that nobody mentions it. The family we've got yeah. uh, a mass mix of people there. We've got white guys. We've got uh, Indian and Pakistani. We kind of the we we wanted this. The in joke for us was that this was a a mixed family. It was an Indian and Pakistani family. You know. Yeah traditionally are enemies i guess but, you know yeah <laughs> it must happen you've got it you know so you've got this big mix um and so but you know often in these kind of films the religion and stuff like that becomes a massive focal point of the, the 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 film and we didn't want that we didn't want it to be anything other than it's just a load of funny characters
1: and that that's that's one of the most refreshing things about this movie is that it's just it's just there and it's like yeah this is what our society is Nowadays, just yeah, like, yeah, deal deal with it. Like, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, it's kind of like, we, we it, it's it's just felt a little old fashioned again. Kind of Why are you drawing attention to any of that kind of stuff? I mean, there's there's a few things that we did now and again. We did a few little gags in that direction, but you know, the Gremlins Ramadan thing and various other things <laughs> like that. But, you yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: the, the, I I I loved uh, the character of Kev as well. I thought. Uh, just... Ketchup, yeah, he's from
0: Steve <laughs> kane He's from Manchester, uh, or Bolton. He's from yeah, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, it's just, it just those things were just to you know. Well, why can't we just have a? Why dude at the end of the day? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the fact that no one questioned it as well. That's what. That's oh, yeah, what exactly. made me laugh. Like, yeah, just <laughs> just get on with it. Yeah, that's right. You know. Um, but that's the the thing that you know is when you're talking about representation. It's important, isn't it? Because um, we have haven't we just had some, something on Channel Four where they've had all the old black presenters and you know stuff like that. And you know that people are becoming you know, who, who cares? You know what I mean? It's it's long overdue.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing where the thing is, that lots of things that people get irate and worried about. I always just kind of. I've got a ten, like a litmus test. And my litmus test is what's it to me? What do I care? You know, and I yeah. think that you kind of like that's what people should do is that, you know, what do I what do I what do I care? What is it to me? If you know and there's all the kinds of things that people get so uh, right and I just think to myself, Well am I affected by this? What is it to me? Does it actually affect me at all? You know, but you find people are getting Nickers in a twist about very very little these
1: days <laughs> yeah <laughs> true they are they are it's... you know
0: and actually if you ask that question well what's it to me you know and it's it's nothing really so you know like the, the, their gender for example and kind of like how you know people want to be known as this and I y I don't care you know like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't affect me. Why? Why would I be worried about it? Yeah, you know? and
1: and some people, yeah, yeah that, like some people say that's like a bad attitude, but it's like no, but like it's genuinely like it's it's up to you, like you know, it, yeah, it doesn't matter kind of to like me, that... but if it matters to you, then that's fine, that's okay. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a live and let live situation. Yeah. You're kind of going. Well, look, if it's important to you, then that's fine. You know, uh, I don't mind. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, David, did
1: you have any extra any extra questions you wanted to ask?
2: Um, the only thing I really wanted to ask was, um, like, is there any specific on set stories that you'd like to tell? And um, I've got one more question after that.
0: Um, well, there was there was one scene. There's a scene that we've got, and it's quite difficult because there was a scene where I, I was shooting in Eaten by a Lions, where we had an overhead shot of Jack and uh, Antonio. <laughs> the bed and they were they he, antonio had come in late near uh, they're kind of having a little heart to heart yeah and we could just couldn't get the tone right but was, i realized after i was watching it and i was going i was just going to keep them there until they got that scene right <laughs> you know but uh jack obviously has got a disability he's got cerebral palsy he was sat in a, a very uncomfortable position for him to get that right actually but well, eventually they did, did it, because it's a Warner. He's kind of like, you can't really cut the scene. have to do it in a continuous take. Yeah. Um But eventually we got it, you know. And I think that the kind of, like, there's always something like that that happens on set, you know, the kind of, like, where, you know. Uh, and that was, like, a, a genuine little flea pit in <laughs> in Blackpool. I think that actually, <laughs> uh, when Antonio came out, he, he said that he actually did have flea bites. So there you go
1: oh god oh <laughs> jesus
0: god. yes oh yeah but you know commitment Commit- uh, <laughs> commitment to the cause <laughs> anyway look you know that film was a lot of fun to make and there was a there's a few things that we got wrong on it i think that we got um some of the accommodation for our cast and crew wrong It was almost <laughs> <a music laughs> because we had like an upstairs downstairs thing it wasn't something that i'd a hand in, but it was just a bad call. We should have put everybody. I mean, there's one thing that you know that if you're making a film and you're doing it low budget, look after your cast and crew. Yeah. 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 Make sure they're make sure they're fed well, make sure they're looked after, make sure things are there for them. Um, and that's the least you can do for people giving giving up their time.
1: Definitely. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's a good rule to have.
2: Yeah, um, like recently for my like my uni stuff, um, we had to make a short film and we had basically a budget of a hundred pound, and that was including food. So most of that went on food, and we already went over budget by like the second day.
0: And I mean that's kind of part of it, isn't it? You know, yeah. there's lots of times that I've made stuff and I've had to put in, you know, reach into my own pocket. It's like, but you know, hopefully at some point you'll get get that back. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, what Let's
1: was hope. your other question, David?
0: Um, so, you
2: did actually mention earlier that you are currently working on something else. Is there anything that you're able to tell us about it, or is it like, strictly under wraps? Well, no,
0: no, it's been announced, so kind of like it was announced in the summer. It was taken to Cannes. It was uh, it's a film called Fardo, written by Andrea Mann, uh, who's a first-time screenwriter, but she's brilliant. She's brilliant, and... Uh, very funny and, and uh nuanced, subtly nuanced film. Um and this is about a I don't want to give too much about the plot away. Originally we had um Emily Watson and, and Richard E. Grant cast. Unfortunately, Emily had to pull out for family reasons and so we're recasting at the moment, so this is wow. hopefully going to be made being made in uh, March of next year, and of uh, protagonist in support and, and producer Gareth Wiley, who made uh, a series of films with Woody Allen, and uh, he's producing. So yeah, we're really excited about this, and hopefully this is going ahead in March uh, next year, and it's been going to be shot in Portugal.
1: Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. so on, on location as well nice holiday uh,
0: yeah <laughs> it'd be, it'd be well that's kind of actually the point is that you know what you know as much as everybody's been locked inside and now you get to travel again and so hopefully you know when this film comes out it'll be like a say feel good lifting comedy really i think that that's kind of one of you know it's not it's like a straight out comedy it's like a comedy drama it's it's a, it's a very sweet grip this one
1: I think I think honestly that is one of my favorite genres of films because they are just anyone can watch them and find something in them to enjoy and they're yeah. just so they are yeah. so comforting and they they are just like easy to watch and just enjoy and yeah, I mean and it's, it's a,
0: it's, I've kind of I've ended up kind of doing a lot more a lot of comedy stuff and a lot of you know so Maybe this is where I'm going to find my career going, although I have genre hops in various other things that I've done. Yeah. I suppose I'm more known for the comedy stuff these days. Is that something you were, you you thought would happen early on? Uh, uh, Yeah, I think that kind of like some people have a real plan don't they as to what they're going to do. I just kind of followed my own instincts and stuff and I made whatever I wanted to make or I found a way to make some stuff. But you know, the the longer things go on, the other things that I've got in development, I've got some that's comedy and some that's not, you know. But I get the feeling that if I wanted to go and do something different, like a horror, for example, I'd I'd probably have to um go and prove to people that I could do it, you know, and yeah. do something interesting. It would almost be like starting from scratch. That's quite exciting as well, in its own way. <laughs> Oh, you know, it's something that I would embrace rather than be afraid of.
1: Cool, I I, I like that's a that's a really great attitude to have because I feel like that would terrify
0: me having to yeah. like, start again. I <laughs> know <laughs> it wouldn't terrify me because you're kind of going well, you know, it's not. I think that people get too serious about about it personally. I know that you know everybody wants to go out and become the new Scorsese, but the reality is um you've got thousands of filmmakers you've got thousands of films for somebody to break out and make something that's you know genuinely a, a classic i mean lots of the films that we've been talking about have are break out genuine for classic films you know yeah um and people that's few and far between it's kind of like it's unlikely to happen know, for anybody what you can do is, you, you know, being able, I think, there was, I read a statistic somewhere that 95% of, of feature filmmakers only ever make one feature. Um, wow. For a, a multiple reasons, I think, you know. Um, it, it's a, such a difficult thing to do, to raise that capital and to get it made and then get it seen. No, so it's it, it, that's why I was you know going back to the earlier thing of where I've got great admiration for anybody who does manages to make one you know really do
1: fantastic. Well, thank you for talking to us about Eaten by Lions.
0: Yeah, no problem. Yeah.
1: Um, should we? I feel like you you've been dying to talk about this since we started. Um, but should we move on to um, Dawn of the Dead?
0: Yeah, Dawn of the Dead, yeah, it is a film that I must have seen over a hundred (laughs) times, maybe, Uh, and I've seen lots of different versions, and actually there's a great version on Amazon Prime, which is uh, the Dario Argento cut, and it's a better cut, I think. Ah. yeah i've um clip. i did a bit of research on it before so like because when i
2: um when i researched it like when i searched it on amazon prime i saw three different versions on amazon prime and i was thinking what the bloody hell is going on here so i had a look into it and there's the theatrical cut then there's the director's cut which isn't actually the director's cut because it's not george a. romero um doing it the theatrical cut is considered the director's cut and then there's the argento cut which is supposedly like a more horror one where it kind yeah. of cuts out a bit of the comedy scenes and stuff like that and makes it more of a horrory film
0: yeah i think he's his his cuts the best cut um so in in my opinion anyway um and i've not seen that cut before i've seen loads of kind of when i was watching it, it as a kid It was really frustrating because I was kind of like around in this uh, video nasty era, so there was a part where they just started cutting, you know, scenes out. There's a great little scene where, you know, it's so, the effect, you know, Tom Salvini is the the effects artist in uh, Dawn of the Dead. He's brilliant. There's this great scene when he kicks a door open and shoots a bloke in the head and his head explodes. Yes, I remember this just, moment. <laughs> it's just so obviously a, a like a you know, like a potato or dummy or something like that. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's it's, uh, it's not the best effect, but you know, at the time, I'm sure it was quite shocking to have a head exploding. You know, that's um, you know, so for a split second you see it, but. When I first saw these films, I kind of like were, all those things were cut out. You'd see it, and the censor would have cut out two or three seconds of the, the film, you know. Which is I, why I'm very much anti-censorship. I'll stop! I don't think you you know what's the point in censoring things. It's only a film, isn't it? You know, if it was real, it makes yeah. me I a film.
1: I find that so infuriating. It's, I try my best now to not watch films on TV because the amount of times I've been sat watching a film and I've known it, I've be like, oh, great, it's this film. And then it got to, to a scene that I know and it just cuts it out. It's so infuriating. So I just, I'll be like, right, okay, I'll, I'll just find it on Netflix or whatever and then I'll just watch it from the start because it just, honestly, the, the the censorship on TV especially winds me up so much. I, yeah, I, I don't just don't really see don't. the
0: need for it. I don't, I don't really. I've never really understood it. But, you know, anyway. Yeah. Dawn, anyway. Of, the, Dawn of the Dead is a <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film, but also really bad in places as well. <laughs> some really, some brilliant, p- bad performances. There's a great scene where they shoot all of these zombies in the cellar of this tenement building that we were talking about before. And the, the guy who pops his head in and starts talking there, and he's just really bad. He's a really bad actor. <laughs> and actually, it's interesting because, you know, I noticed when I was making short films, the director's called, almost like a gatekeeper. He's meant to stop anything really atrocious appearing on screen. That's kind of your job. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. What, it's kind of what you leave out, which is more important than what you leave in. And uh, I remember being doing a short film years ago and I was working with a, another director and, and we were speaking and we were just going, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, how one bad performance can just kill your film. Uh, and uh, it's, it's true. <laughs> There's one really poor performance. Uh, it's your job to spot it and to take it out. Uh, there was one guy we just we were watching and i don't know as an actor from manchester we just watched it and was like there's just no way that's ever going to be in the film (laughs) (laughs) this is just our conversation (laughs) Uh, Um, never ever going to be in that film
1: david what, what what did you think about this was this the first time you'd ever seen this is, yeah,
2: this is the first time I've ever watched um, Dawn of the Dead. I've only ever watched like clips from the original and clips from the Zack Snyder one in 2004. Yeah, right. um, okay. And it's I've like watched. It's like a video game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a very specific video game as well. well I mean,
0: which is quite funny. People want their horror, isn't they? All of a sudden, they want it all speeded up and it, to be like a video game. And then, uh, uh, whereas I think that Dawn of the Dead had something political to say. He says he didn't, but you know, you know, it's a bit like uh, there's no more. It, it, I, I love the idea of these people coming back to this place that they, they and they're just mindless consumerism. It just felt
3: yeah,
0: great to me. yeah, you know, um, all being attracted to the Trafford Centre, you know, <laughs> wherever they are, wherever they are. You know, like
2: imagine so zombie apocalypse goes down, and you're just thinking, hmm, I really want to go to the Arndale right now.
0: Yeah. yeah, but you know the thing is for there's it it, it it plugs into a key fantasy, isn't it? Which is yeah, you know, imagine having all of the goods and all of the TV sets and all of the things that you and you realise that you don't actually need any of those things. It's not none of them are important um, because without a human interaction, you're just completely knackered. So uh, that's where the film is genius so that messagery. You kind of go in, oh, you know, this is a great way of telling that story. Like yeah. I said before, with the the uh, Planet of the Apes, you know, uh, you can t- tell a story of prejudice, you know, and enslaving people and treating people like their animals. You know, it's like and you can do it in a clever way, where just a, 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 a quick reversal of, of fortunes. So it's the, I'm talking about the original Planet of the Apes here. Now. Yeah, uh, the the Heston version. So you know, uh, but that's what, you know, it's it, it, it's it's. I think that having something to say is really important in 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 films. I don't think Zack Snyder's had anything to say at all. Really, it was fun. It was fun to watch, but you know, a patch on my '78 Dormer Dad.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like that's going to be the consensus mostly as well. Like when comparing the two films, like. And in general, like with Z- uh, Snyder's zombie films in general, like it seems like it does, it's trying to do so much and yet does so little in regards to furthering the genre in general and trying to send a the message.
1: There was a, there was
2: an unnecessary swiper
1: Army of the Dead, there, David. Yes, yeah. I was. I noticed that.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you make? Of, what did you make of it then, David? I've done um, of, of the Dead. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I thought it was really fun. I wasn't expecting so much comedy um, yeah. going into it. Like there was a lot of like it felt kind of slapstick, and yeah. it that really did. Like that was really fun. Um, I thought the characters were mostly good. Um, not everybody, especially the guy at the beginning that's just screaming bastard every three seconds.
0: <laughs> he was awful. awful. <laughs> It's kind of, a, there's so many good things. You know what? Before I saw this film, though, I used to get comics a lot, so I'd get a lot of Marvel comics, and I saw this clip. I could see all these zombies and a guy in a wheelbarrow, and he was shooting at all these zombies. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, just an image just catches you. You go, what? Oh, what the hell is this? And I remember seeing a TV advert. I was watching late at night, and I saw an advertisement of the the trailer for Dawn of the Dead came on the TV. I was like, I've got to see that film. And the thing is, the frustrating thing was when in the late 70s, you didn't have video, you didn't have anything. All you had was cinema and the TV. And if you weren't over a certain age, you couldn't see anything. So yeah. it was, you know, I had like, I was probably about eight or nine when I saw the trailer for it. And I was like, had to wait another six years. Can you imagine the the amount Jesus. of anticipation that's building up in a young kid's head when you want to go and watch a film, and you've been waiting to see it for six or seven years, you <laughs> oh know. And you've only heard the only thing you can hear, hear about is stories. And somebody had gone. I'd be going, can you, "Have you seen Dawn of the, De- the Dawn of the Dead?" And someone go, "Yes." Yeah. Someone gets their head and it shot and it explodes, and you're like, "Wow, i have to see this film." You know, <laughs> so it was just a, bit, a very different era from when when we were uh, out, you know. I think I've already built this film up in my mind to be something. Now, there's some scenes in it that are absolutely, really, terribly done. but There's some brilliant sequences. And the truck sequence where they're blocking off the the doorways is fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, a fantastic little sequence. And when they're blocking all the the, the doorways up, and so, it, it, and also those ideas where they kind of like they start to, um overload themselves with catch and avarice so kind of like really interesting to watch as well
1: yeah i liked how um i, I this was my first time watching it as well um and I, I liked kind of how they were actually a bit clever about how they were do how they were going about things there, there was thought put into them like right at the start when they first get into the mall when they're running up and down the stairs to one store and they're like getting in one door then going downstairs, knocking on the door so all the zombies came down to the bottom door and yeah, then yeah. run back up to the top before they could get back and then run out again. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Don't, don't lead them, let anyone lead them to them. Yeah, it was cleverly, cleverly done. Yeah, um, yeah. there was a lot of thought
2: put into it and it's like it's weird because I've not seen, even though this came out, like I'm trying to do maths here, that's a bad idea. Um, this came so, out in so, 28, 28, so, so. They
1: 33 they thought, years. <laughs>
2: 33, there, there we go. Quick We pulled for, for as a team. But even though this came through like, came out 33 years <laughs> oh, ago, oh, 43. Like, Fuck.
1: Xander.
0: 40. Yeah. Oh, no.
2: <laughs>
1: My maths failed me. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and you oh, failed so. maths. laughs. I was all right. I was trying to correct you, but it's
1: 43. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason got yeah. out of this one unscathed. <laughs>
2: You did. <laughs> at least you guys were able to even try a calculation. I didn't even attempt it at that point. Yeah, so 40, 40, 43 years
0: ago, you know. Yeah, about, like, and 45. I still
2: haven't found or seen. Like, I've watched a lot of zombie movies, and
0: I'm I'm ashamed to say eight how eight. many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's a it, it. I mean it's a it's a it's a. No, it's one of the uh, vanguard of the the, the, the genre without a doubt. Yeah.
2: It's one of the easiest kind of like horror films to just put on and watch. Like you know you're barely ever gonna get like genuinely good horror out of it, especially nowadays. Yeah. You're just gonna sit there, you're gonna enjoy some fun zombie kills and that's about it. And I've watched way too many of them. And I well, still haven't seen stuff like specifically in the um, in that shop where they start banging on the door and send them one way. I've still not seen that done in another film yet, and that's impressive.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is that the zombie genre, full stop. I mean, people have forgotten what it was and what it is. I mean, I think that when and uh, Romero invented this flesh eating zombie, they kind of like combining almost like vampires with the zombies. Yeah. So, you know, and this flesh-eating thing of kind of like people coming back and eating themselves—this kind of kind of cannibalization of society—I think these films work best when they have something political to say. And they have nothing political to say; they're just mindless nonsense, and you might as well just be playing a computer game. Yeah. Um, but these ones did. I mean, they kind of like he wrote uh, *Night of the Living Dead* as a kind of like a uh, to critique. America's dead, war dead, coming back to haunt them. That's what he was talking about. So it's kind of almost like Vietnam was going on at the time. Yeah. And uh, so that was the idea behind that one, I guess. Um, Oh, yeah. I I know. I think zombie films in general, they've kind of are about societal breakdown. That's where the horror comes from. I think that actually people have started to wish for societal breakdown because they're so frustrated (laughs) with various things. So it's in a different zone now. It doesn't really feel very apocalyptic when you have zombies anymore, um because everyone's just going, "Oh, this is quite fun, and we know it's a safe environment. whereas in the old days, in the kind of like I think that it would have been quite shocking to see that world. I think that the idea of the genre is to come up with something that replicates societal breakdown again, yeah. Uh, and what's something that would be genuinely scary for people? Maybe it's like a, a world of no internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> Society would literally break down if we had no internet anymore. Like we me. wouldn't even
2: get the news anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, the we... thing is, that, you know, you, there's so many things that happen, don't they, now? The, the technology's got to the point. Where you, you go, uh, when you're watching a horror film, going where? where's the mobile phones where's this where's that you know where's this connection yeah. somebody would just do this somebody would just do that uh, and maybe they, there's a way of cleverly spinning all of that stuff on it's head
1: Um, Is it is it really bad that when uh, some of the music came on during this movie um I only recognised it because it was in Shaun of the Dead
0: Well I mean the, 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 <laughs> the, the good thing for Shaun of the Dead is that they're they're a, a, a parodying but also as a homage to they love those films yeah so i know that simon pegg loves um dawn of the dead he got to to even have made sean of the dead so yeah but there's some brilliant music in it that that um i don't know what they call it is it kind of the cuckoo song oh the, the song in the mall <laughs> That, yeah, so a, you know, that
1: infuriated a, me. A it went on for far one. too long. I was like, "This is going <laughs> to get stuck in my head.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be so, humming this know, around the, the kitchen." Yeah, Shaun of the Dead is, you know, up there homage too. Yeah. It's the yeah. um, it, yeah, it's that, it's that music that. I
1: think <laughs> that when <laughs> Ramar,
0: yeah, Romero made his. <laughs> um, I think they got that. It was it was library music as well. I think it was cleared. They could just use it. It was all library horror music from the nineteen fifties. Oh wow! And uh, but although Goblin did a load of music as well for it, so don't go. You know they maybe they did. The, uh, this Italian um, electronic, you know, thing. It was the first time where people were using synthesizers and the yeah. and that kind of stuff. And they did a, a brilliant score for it as well. So loads of that uh, synthesizer stuff was uh, all goblin.
1: Um, what do we think of like the uh, the ma- the makeup effects? Because I think I think the zombies walking around and they're all looking like grey and blue. I don't think that looks. I don't think that holds up at all. But I think like all the blood effects, like when the when they're taking a chomp out of someone, I think those still actually
0: kind of hold up, and I think they are they look really good. Well, he's a, he's in it, you know, the kind of the motorcycle guy with the moustache in it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. The that's the effects artist. That's Tom Silvini. No he's way, the, no way. Yeah, <laughs> that's he's, awesome. It's Tom Salvini of those Savini. i but it, he he's the, the guy who did all the effects. Oh so wow! He puts that machete in someone's head. In, 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 in the yeah, uh, and he so he's a a famous effects artist. He's in lots of. Uh, Films, I think you know, he's in. Um, is he in From Dusk Till Dawn as well? Might be in that as well. He very likely, uh, you know, might well be. I think he's, he, he, but he's a very well known, uh, like effects artist. Um, uh, and, and you know, but you know, if you've got a couple of thousand people or a hundred people of effects, he uh, and you're gonna have to do make, um. I think that even in Zack Snyder's, they did really good makeup on the guys at the front and then they did a bit of sh- blue, shitty stuff for the people <laughs> at the back. <laughs> no. um, so I think that's just the way, nature of it, it, you know, it's a makeup artist's dream and nightmare, isn't it, to do a full full thing where you need thousands of zombies. But these days, it, it doesn't really matter, do they? They just do it with CG.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And kill everything, <laughs> take the soul out of something. But this is the beauty of it. This kind of like thing is that they've actually got practical locations, practical lighting. They're just doing it with their friends. People in I think Pittsburgh who shot that, that film. I'm not sure where it was. The, the shopping mall. They've got in there shot, and the mall's closed. And then they, it's open the next day, isn't it, to sell stuff to their punters. Yeah, it was so a, I, it
1: was shot in Pennsylvania.
0: Was it Pennsylvania? Yeah. yeah so there you go. Um, a, a very unpopular place to go and shoot the, a film. Um, oh so yeah, you know. But there's some great things, and you know that they've they've it's the police station where they go and they, they open and there's a guy. How many zombie uh, uh, games, video games have you seen with a cop? lay on his desk and this is all imagery that they've taken from these films I mean, yeah 100 first, first i can think it. of an
2: exact moment in a um in a game i've played where it's that exact thing where it's just like a dead cop laying on his desk you walk past him and then he comes back alive
0: yeah and they start, they've done all of this you know these these are the first this this was the first one to do it and you know bold as well in some places because they've got kids the zombie kids that burst out of a room, they? At one point, you know, I mean? yeah, shooting them and going, "Well, yeah, to, that's a difficult one." Go and tell um your, your your partner that you're going to take the two kids off to be shot in the head. In a zombie <laughs> <dog."> <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I I had the... that
2: exact conversation. So I was like, "Oh, honey, I'm going to the kids have got an acting job. <laughs> oh, what are they
0: doing? They're going to get a fucking shot." <laughs> I've seen how they did a kind of like the really lo fi way, you know, talking about the effects that they did. They um put like the squib, um, sort of pack the blood on and they they put a button on a piece of string that they'd use and they just pulled the button out and that would create the little hole and the the blood would pour out.
1: I, I said this to uh to I watched this with one of my housemates. And when yeah. and at the start when they're just firing bullets at everyone, I was just like, man, I miss blood squibs. I miss the the I like I I love watching old movies when blood squibs were still a thing because they're just not anymore, which is such a shame because they just yeah, they, they just
0: look so real. It's great. They're kind of like yeah, we should be doing more more squibs. Yeah. yeah like, so you know, I think it's a it's a it's a brilliant film, and it's one that you know you'd love to be in, and there's some. Hilarious zombies. Yeah. Real hammies. Real hammy zombies. There's a big fat one who just like falls in a <laughs> waterfall for no reason.
1: There's the one who like, presses his belly up against the window at a point.
0: Yeah, I also love know.
2: the one that just carries the gun around with both hands pointed at his head at all times. The yeah, yeah. One.
0: And then there's a, the Harry Krishna one who, for some reason, is afraid of uh, fire although <laughs> that's never been mentioned um it's, it's, it's yeah just great you know so they, they you know there's a great nurse there's a nurse one but you know it's a it's a fun thing isn't it they they, they kind of um started a genre which i think is and i think that you could pro- you probably say that romero started started this some zombie genre that's yeah, one
2: hundred percent. He's the like the master of like literally the king of zombies. Yeah, he so, started you know, the whole thing.
0: No, that's not bloody easy to do. Someone, you know, so um, someone come up with a, a a genre of their own, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a half werewolf, half vampire. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> you think of so, you know, if you can think of your own thing, then that's just uh, and and. Uh, with you know is deserving of the term genius I guess and so for all its faults that's why I love this one
3: yeah
1: fantastic Um, is there anything else we want to mention about this before we before we move on David
2: Um, other than I absolutely love the soundtrack as well it, yeah, apart the from the ending um, like mole soundtrack only because i've seen i've heard it in so many like youtube videos (laughs) like all i can think of is the many youtube videos i've heard that song and i'm just like please no more (laughs) but other than that like the soundtrack was eerie i loved um the mix between like horror and um comedy and as campy as it is it's still a fantastic film and does
0: hold up in some scenes does doesn't it? It's a lot. It's a great, it's a great, great film. A great, yeah, film. yeah. Although they kind of like um in this the stuff, and I watch it, and it, I go, God, how they managed to get the lighting so bad outside? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> there's, there's a you know a classic scene. A guy gets knocked off a uh, shot off a motorbike, and all the zombies are round him, and he's he's shooting his machine gun at them, but not in no direction, no <laughs> over his shoulders. Or <laughs> it. It's just a, you know, it's a classic zombie shot, you know. But it's, uh, it, it, it just works anyway, you know. It's, but then again, there's certain times when you're watching it and you're going, this is just shot and cut and shot and cut. You know, the shooting it is very lo-fi as well. Yeah. Um, it's 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 just chopped to, chopped together. So that means that a lot of the shot scenes feel disjointed. Uh, it doesn't feel that sometimes that the people are, you know, that shot belongs with that shot. It was kind of like, I don't, you know, could have easily been taken from another scene, and who knows, maybe it was. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, but a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Though.
1: Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. I think, I, as well, like, we get the obligatory uh, like zombies ripping out someone's insides as well, which was Oh, phenomenal! I think that that yeah. effect looked fantastic.
0: Well, for the time, that would have been completely shocking and completely new. Yeah, yeah. Would have never have seen an intestine ripping out scene, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would have been like the um, the uh, chest burst scene in Alien, like the same kind of level of what the fuck is this? Why am I seeing this? This is horrifying.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he did it before in Night of the Living Dead, where he's kind of like had people eating intestines and stuff like. Yeah. That doing bits of flesh which was shocking at the time uh yeah this um particular thing of having somebody ripped open is is a great little effect
2: yeah
1: and it's done in literally every single zombie film nowadays isn't it like every every single one you've got an obligatory intestine eating scene
0: there's a great sketch in there that i can't remember who did it um cardinal burns i think they did it and it was like um they do this zombie scene. It's like, oh, and they start eating. And then this the two zombies stop and go, did you just eat his knob?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I he's think going, I actually... I oh, what going, film is that? I've actually I've seen sketch,
0: it. A sketch, and he's going, yeah, I always eat the knob. It's the best bit. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> I've,
2: I've definitely seen that.
1: It's the best bit. Oh, dear. Dear me. Um... <laughs> Well, fantastic. We'll, um, we'll we'll move on from Dawn of the Dead then. Um, a a good time that we'd all recommend you go and go and check out if you haven't seen it. it like we said, well, like we mentioned it is available on uh, Amazon Prime at the Mom. moment. Multiple versions of it as well.
2: Yeah, all three cuts. <laughs> there you well, go.
1: While we've uh, while, while we still got a bit of time, then um, we'll we'll do a little uh, bit of sell me a movie. So the obligatory awkward intro. Hey David, hey Jason, how about you guys sell me a movie, or a TV
2: show, or a game, or a music, or a book if you're a nerd? Jason, I'm very sorry for inviting you on this podcast and (laughs) making you have to hear this. (laughs) What
0: what do we have to do?
2: Just
1: recommend anything, anything in the world.
0: Well, I reckon, well, what I'm watching at the moment is The Wire, and I'm watching it because... Actor who played Omar died recently, so I can't remember his name, but uh, he, he, but he's fantastic in it, and the series is perhaps the best TV series that's ever been made. I think I'd be that bold.
2: Yeah, but, I've heard that a lot. It's either that or Breaking Bad. People are on the defense of which one the, it is.
0: I think they are kind of like with Breaking Bad because uh, I with Breaking Bad on Sopranos, those two are very much more. Are easy watching and very much more accessible. You don't have to work too hard to enjoy them. The great forms of entertainment, yeah. As sprawling mass and realism and drama of of The Wire, the research into it and how realistic it is 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 just and the performances as well. It's a different kind of thing. They're trying to do something completely different than Breaking Bad and and Sopranos. I'd say that. Sopranos and Breaking Bad are kind of easy-watching entertainment, in a way. Because the Wire loses people. Lots of people try it once and they can't get into it. I think you have to stick with it. I think you have to get to four or five episodes. Of course, Horses for courses. people might not like, everyone might not like it, but uh, I think it's the most accomplished TV series that there's ever been. Well there you go. For the depth. There we go. Just um for the depth that it goes into. Uh in, the in the character's has called... The
1: the uh, the actor that died uh, uh, this week was uh, Michael K Williams. Yes, Michael
0: um, K
1: Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Really uh, Who really was uh yes in uh Boardwalk Empire as well He's in that. He's fantastic in that as well. Yeah. He's a great actor. Great actor, good, you know, but the the actors In this, so uh, Dominic West was discovered in The Wire from The Wire, Idris Elba, Idris Elba as well. Yeah, no, and they're all playing American um, performers, but yeah, my my friend remember being put onto it and somebody saying this is better than Sopranos, even. I was like, well, no way, can't be. (laughs) Yeah, it was, and The Sopranos was fantastic as well.
2: I've never actually watched The Sopranos, and I feel like it's the best show for me.
0: Yeah, I think you'd love it. It's just, yeah, it's a gangster show, isn't it? Yeah, i put that above Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, I I really like Breaking Bad. You know when I talked about the rise, and the rise of someone being more interesting than the one actually getting? Yeah. I think the rise of Breaking Bad was much more interesting. So by Series 3, I'd lost interest. I got it back a little bit again in the last series by Series 5. It's very good, it is very intriguing and interesting. I didn't, you know, I just didn't care so much by the time he'd become a big gangster. Fair enough, uh, yeah,
1: fair enough. you know,
0: yeah, it's, 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 still, it's still good, but you know, I watched it again recently and I was like, I've uh, and I've watched all of these series, you know, three or four times, and I was like, eh. Yeah, I think that Breaking Bad's inferior to Sopranos and The Wire. I'll say it out loud. There's... There you but you know. know what? the The uh, Breaking Bad's first series is fantastic. That first yeah, series,
2: it is. Tyler alone is fantastic. That that sold me on the entire show. The second I watched that episode, I've heard a load of people like complain that it's too slow, and I was just there, like, no i I loved every second of that first episode.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was. You know, perfect. You know, because um, you know when uh, I was there's certain things that if you capture this in a film and you ma- you manage to get people, the audience, to go away and do their "what if," "what would I do," "how would I do it," you know, and that's what you want them to be doing. Yeah, I think I think. Breaking Bad is kind of like it's an age-old thing. Imagine if if I could become a drug dealer, would I become? You know, <laughs> if I could do this. I, where, you it's know, the age-old like, question. Yeah, Yeah. but you know, just that fantasy of becoming a gangster. Yeah, you know, this is yeah. Like before now, I've always
2: said, like, if I could rob a bank, would I do it?
0: And this is the thing: if I could live, if I could have all of the cash, there, you know, you know, or if I I could just have to run through the Trafford Centre taking whatever I wanted. You no, know, the thing is that these, these these um asking questions right at the core of them a little. It's kind of like a a primal drive that people have. You know, where people you know how much money does anybody really need? Um, and eventually, this all obviously leads to the downfall of these characters. Uh, Greed, it will, you know, is like a primal evil, isn't it? You know what I mean? One of the yeah seven sins. So you know, it, the the your central characters in all of these things will be kind of killed by their own. They they kind of lead to their own demise, if you, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Actually, yeah. Well, there you go. Go and check out uh, the the wire. Um, I. I, I, it's on my shame list of TV shows that I need to watch. Oh, you got to see the
0: wire. You got to see the wire. But you know, it might not be for you, so you kind of like you know. Um, but it's uh, for me. Uh, I feel like anyway. if it wasn't for me, I think my dad
1: would try and disown me. So uh, yeah, it's oh, the- fingers crossed. <laughs> I like it. My dad loves the wire.
0: quote quotes going on. It's the apex. It. Yeah, it's the apex. Yeah. I'm but yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad, so I'm allowed to. to like the wire. <laughs> Maybe it has to be a dad to
2: enjoy The Wire. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe the that's criteria. what it is. Xander, just have a kid, then you'll enjoy, then the, I'll wire. enjoy the Wire. The Wire. Just yeah, adopt or something.
0: Oh, uh, no. it's a, it's, a, it's a, My my little lad's watching it at the moment. He's enjoying it, so he's only 16. <laughs> so, you know.
2: Uh, when you said little lad, I thought you was just like,
0: basically, like, me. Yeah. My yeah, origin was, yeah, story is yeah, yeah. <laughs> the no,
2: Casino. Yeah. His origin story is The Wire.
0: I have guys. He's three and a half. We're gonna get him to be a cracking. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I saw it, man.
1: D- David, what, what, what are you selling me?
2: Shit. I, I've honestly not been. You didn't think of anything. anything. Oh no.
3: Um.
2: D- David, oh, David, oh. you could sell "Eaten by Lions." You could do it. Shit. Wait, we've already sold that though. We talked about it. Fuck it, eat my lions. <laughs>
0: yeah, good good call.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I am actually gonna sell In by Lions because I genuinely really, really enjoyed that film. Like, like biased aside, the fact that we've got the director here in the podcast, genuinely really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun and it was like had me smiling throughout. Like it was really sweet at times as well. You these characters really felt like brothers. And you really enjoyed the journey that we, they were going on, um, like trying to grow apart from each other, but realizing that they don't need to. Um, it's it's really really cute. Uh, so, like the the relationship alone is cute. The whole film as a as a whole is really funny. I I like all of the characters. Um, everybody's portrayed really well. But yeah, j- like absolutely fantastic.
0: Perfect. There you go. It's on, it's on yeah, the iPlayer for a year. That film, I think. So you know. Yeah. And uh, I looked today, and it was at the top of the comedy thing. So it's. Oh, you know, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm I not mean, having lots of, you know, talk about it on Twitter as well with people that you know, go and check it out. Again. Idol, is yeah. anyone? Yeah, is anyone talking about it? And they're kind of, and vast majority of people have been joining. So there you go. Um, hey. in fact, yeah, it's probably about twenty. Maybe it'll
2: become there. thirteen reviews on Runtimes soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you who who knows? You can have like that, that that lucky one, and then somebody will go and put a, 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 a rotten one on there just yeah, just to ruin, just ruin it.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll report them. For it. We'll report them. Yeah, we'll get it deleted, so it's back to hundred <laughs> yeah. percent.
0: <one> on IMDb. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, great, great
0: recommendation,
1: David. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna so i i went to the cinema this week and i saw the newer uh, james one horror film uh, i saw malignant um which is it's an interesting one to talk about because it's so so very very weird um i'm not going to go into specifics because even the twitter accounts for the movie have said don't spoil anything about this movie but it is very very bizarre the, the third act is um absolutely wild and hilarious. Uh, but the the rest of the movie is um, it sort of feels like a standard uh, mid-noughties horror film up until that the end bit. It's, that sounds um, like all
2: of James Wan's horror films now.
1: Yeah, yeah. the The acting is a uh, specific standout for for all the wrong reasons. It's um, <laughs> it, it's it's. I can't say it's a good movie, but it's certainly a lot of fun. So I would definitely recommend. I would actually recommend going seeing it with some friends, because I saw it with a friend uh, with one of my housemates, and we had an absolute ball watching this, and so did everyone else in the cinema. That, there, there were a couple next to us on a on a date night, and they left in floods of tears, just thinking it was hilarious. Um, so may- maybe not exactly what he intended, but it's still a really good time. So I'd I'd, I'd recommend going seeing *Malignant* at the moment in the cinemas. Um. And I also watched um, a movie that we, I'm sure me and David have talked about before uh, called it's based on a video game uh, came out this year called werewolves within. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's it's basically a game of, uh, you know, werewolf or mafia where there's a, a group of people, one person's a werewolf and you've got to figure out who it is. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun it gets quite serious at times which i wasn't expecting but i think the comedy really works and all the characters stand out as memorable and they've all got their own motives and stuff like that um yeah a a solid a really solid comedy and, and a solid horror comedy at that and i think uh yeah i think i think especially you david i think you'd really get a kick out of it
2: yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. I know, um, like specifically Ubisoft actually published it as well. Like, they funded and everything it because, yeah, um, they did. They did. It's yeah. a VR game on PSVR, and then they were just like, this would make a really fun d- and dumb movie, let's just make it. And it did. And this is, um, this is Ubisoft's first successful movie <laughs> after the abomination that was Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed,
1: <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll sell two brand new movies. There you, um, there you go. That that, and I think that will do it for this week. So um, thank you so much to everyone for listening. The uh, the hugest of thank yous to Mister Jason Wingard for coming on here. Um, it, it's been a it's been a real pleasure having you here uh, and talking about uh, and talking about your 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 movies and. And Dawn of the Dead as well. It's it's been a real pleasure. So thank you for being here.
0: No problem. It's been uh, good to talk to you guys. Been fun.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, where, where can uh, where can the people find you?
0: Um, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Oh yes, and actually, you know, um, I think I'm meant to be going down to the Bolton Film Festival soon be having a chat down there um yes i'm gonna be out and about and around manchester <laughs> very approachable come and have a chat particularly if you're a filmmaker
2: fantastic fantastic just um, why i messaged you on facebook <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there you go.
0: um
1: and you can check out um both of these movies uh, in another life on uh, amazon prime and eaten by lions currently on bbc iplayer um yes. And, and what's the what's the next movie you've got coming out called sorry? called fardo fardo so uh be, be yeah. on the we'll be on the lookout for that um I and should we'll... do it then that has to be
0: shot and completed by next september i believe so ah. yeah, that should be should oh. be done and so that's you know we'll see where that goes um yeah hopefully going to a cinema or um online provider near you
1: fantastic well we we were really looking forward to it yeah um great. david thank you as always for being here you're welcome Zander. Your, your little your little sunshine you Ah, oh, shut up <laughs> and uh that will do it from from me as well thank you so much for everyone for listening if you want to uh, hear more from us then head on over to our facebook and instagram um where we post clips from the podcast every week with a fun little poster that is made lovingly uh, by mr joe cook a friend of the show and yeah you can listen to us on apple spotify and amazon and uh, leave us a review and a rating if you enjoyed the show that would uh, it would mean a lot so thank you very much next week we're doing oh god we said we're doing venom didn't we
2: yeah we're doing venom oh sweet jesus lord
1: right <laughs> That that will be an entertaining one i'm sure for david um, so, th- so, look forward to that one next week. We'll be back next Monday. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers, guys. Oh, brilliant.
2: Brilliant. Uh, thank you for going on, yeah, mate. Thank you so
1: much. Honestly, it's a, th- this has been a treat, really. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, all good.